Good afternoon, and yes, we're back on the Health Hour. My name is Dr. Cindy Siwe Fansail, and you can catch me on Twitter at DocCindy, D-O-C-S-I-N-D-I. It is such a hot afternoon. I am practically melting in the studio, but hey, the aircon is on, which is really fantabulous. Um, in studio, we have two very important guests, because today's topic is a topic that is close to my heart, um, especially because whenever I tweet about this, um, the tweets range from the absurd to like very serious tweets. And I've realized that people aren't entirely comfortable discussing this. And the topic we have today is men who have sex with men, also known as MSM. So this afternoon, I have Stubbs in studio and Gifts. Both of them work at um, uh, Health for Men, and they'll be telling us a bit of what they um, of what they do at Health for Men. So thank you so much, guys, for coming through. I really appreciate it. I'll start off with Gift. Gift, what do you do at Health for Men? How did you get involved with Health for Men? Um, good afternoon. My name is Gift. Um, I'm an outreach worker and a counselor at Health for Men. Um, started working at Health for Men in 2010 as a peer educator. Um, recruiting uh, clients for the clinic, uh, which was situated at Barakonath Hospital at that time. And I've learned to grow as uh, as a person while working for Health for Men. I became a counselor. I started uh, working at Zola Clinic, where we opened one of our clinics at Zola Clinic, uh, which I started working there. Started, uh, I started the clinic off the ground and... Got some more clients still do, do doing peer education, still educating people about HIV and the um, MSM and letting people know what's MSM and how do you go about uh, uh, accessing the services uh, that we have at Health for Men. Um, now I'm situated in Omnipark, mm-hmm. which is I'm still in, working as an outreach worker, um, counselor, data capture of a right mix and all that. Okay. And in terms of your sexuality, I mean, I know that you're very comfortable with who you are. You're comfortable with your sexuality. When did you find out that um, you were, you were um, gay? When I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found when I was eight years old at a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. And my family, my, my mom didn't have a problem with that. My family didn't have a problem because of they, they just saw I used to play with girls a lot. Too much, too much, too much. I used to some some of the things I won't say, Doctor Cindy. Yeah, you can s- say anything. Cliff Central is no my you know we kuluma gifting I kuluma. Um, I, I, I we used to we used to play together as girls and boys where 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 I stayed, but mostly you would find me with girls playing umkusha, diketo, Chicago, and you know say doing lessons stealing bright packs at home so growing up uh, I, I would say I grew up in, a, in an environment which was friendly for me because of I, uh, I was never discriminated uh, there was not a stigma around because of people understood me from a very young age and that's so fantastic I mean that is the reason why you are so good at what you do because you grew up in an environment where you were accepted as you are, and that's why you are so good at what you do, Gift. I think, and that's why I asked you about your sexuality, because your comfort in who you are helps other people who need help open up to you. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're the right person for this job. Stubbs, onto you. Tell me a bit about yourself and how you ended up working at Health for Men. How did I end up working for Health for Men? Uh, good afternoon. Uh, thanks for the invite and 
just to declare I'm breaking my virginity on internet radio. First time ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I think uh, for the knowledge, I wanted to know more about HIV as a young man growing up, you mm-hmm. know, in, in Soweto, obviously. You'll hear stories, you know, that like, uh, you'll get infected with HIV when you do this or don't do that or whatever, you know. So there was a whole lot of confusion. Mm. So then I decided to go and seek knowledge, you know. So I approached one organization within the township, you know, in White City. And then that's where I was taken through what you call a workshop. I was sitting yes. there and then like I learned a lot. I mean, like in five days, I think that five days really, really changed my outlook about uh health generally, you know. Uh, with more emphasis on HIV AIDS. And then from there, I sort of like developed a love, you know, or I had a bug of HIV, you know, to say like, I want to learn more and I also want to, to sort of like help the community. Yeah. So it then started, that was like uh, more than 10 years ago. Uh, so over the years, I've been involved with like a various, uh, project, uh, within South Africa, but also internationally, but, I think I ended up like in health for men like t- almost two years ago. Now, mm, you know? I remember yeah. when you arrived, yeah. Exactly. And you're, you're and you're very much of an activist as well. I yep. think that's the over over arching feeling that people have around you. You're an activist. You're always fighting for people's rights, and you want mm-hmm. people to have the correct information. I think yep. that's where you and I are very very similar. Yep. Uh, I think uh, when you get exposed to issues like health issues, uh, you sort of like discover that like it's not only about uh, health, but then there's a whole lot of like human rights issues, mm-hmm. you know. So obviously, for example, if you look at like uh, somebody's HIV positive and then the access to ARVs, you know, it's their right to have ARVs, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like if you have a health service that is not providing ARVs, you know, then like that's that's problematic mm-hmm. for them. But then also if you have them not having enough knowledge and information about how can they go about, you know, getting help, you know, that's where then like you also need to come in and like sort of like enlighten them, mm-hmm. help them to be, to be better people, you know, in terms of their health in their lives. So that's how it sort of like started. And then also another thing that was very, very, is very, very still very close to my heart. It's issues around like, uh, Women who are being abused, who mm. end up being HIV positive. Hence, at one stage of my life, I worked for Songke Gender Justice, where we looked at like uh, uh, abuse generally, more especially how do you link uh, women's abuse and children's abuse to to the spread of HIV AIDS. It was also around like advocating for women and and and, and children's rights, anyways, you know. But then engaging engaging men, you know. So today, here we are. I work for Health for Men, but then like the focus shifts slightly because like what I'm doing now at Health for Men, I'm a trainer. So we go out and empower. Let me say like empower healthcare uh, providers around issues of attitude and sensitizing them, you know, about uh, men who have sex in general, you know, because we need to also advocate for men who have, have sex with men, you know. Uh, you go to a healthcare center, you find a healthcare worker who will say like, I mean, you know, so what does that say? You know, that, that's, that, that's health for a individual, you know, let us forget about our culture, our upbringing, our attitude, you know. But at the end of the day, it's a person who's in front of you who needs health services. Then you want to discriminate against that person because of, like, their sexual orientation? No, that's not on, you know. So hence, also today, it's still more on rights and advocating for for, for, for 
men who have sex with men, but then like in, in, in a different way by sensitizing and training healthcare workers generally. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I used yeah. to, I used to do some of that training as well. And the one thing that still amazes me is that we are in 2015, right? So we, we're probably the best country on the continent. We're in 2015. We have very sophisticated health systems and yet there are doctors and nurses and other health workers who have the guts to say, I will not treat so-and-so because he is gay or because he is this, or, you know, uh-huh. like we see that all the time. I mean, Gift, what has yeah, been exactly. your experience? When What do you hear from clients about the experiences in our health facilities? Um, um, sometimes when, when you, when you interact with the clients, uh, first time coming to, 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 to our clinics, um, when you start probing and counseling the client, you'll find that, um, where he went to get uh, health access, he he was discriminated by some other he- healthcare providers, and you would find that you know what uh, I love I love the way you treat me here. From when I came in, I when I started filling out the demographics from the counselling to seeing the the, the PhD nurse, the, the the service was was wonderful, it was spectacular, but. In other in other local clinics, you won't find this. You you we get discriminated, nurses swear at us, and you'd find maybe let's say a a, a a gay person goes for 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 for, for what's at 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 the clinic. You'd find that um, nurses would be like some other nurses would be like, "What's this? Why are you sleeping with men? Why did you do this? Don't, don't you know that uh, God created men and women?" So, so that men and women can have children. He didn't create men and men so that men can, and can sleep with other men. Those are the kind of things that we come across sometimes when we interact with clients. And, and so steps, the training, mm-hmm. what kind of stuff are you saying to the health workers? You know, I, I know you asked them questions. I know when I held a few sessions, especially during Nimat's training, um, mm-hmm. the reactions, the moment I announced that, okay, today we are learning about men who have sex with men, the reactions were always Ones of horror, uh-huh. like Ini, I'm a uh-huh. Not in our culture, Doctor Cindy. Maybe in the, in the white culture, but black people don't do that. And uh-huh. I always had to like give time for people to calm down, and and accept that these things do happen, and we need to deal with it. Uh-huh. Where do you start with the sensitization? I, I think for me also, there's been a learning learning curve. You know, in a sense that like uh, assumption is like you have somebody who's gone through college, uh, the professional somebody. Then you you expect or assume uh, that they, they they are well in touch with issues, you know. But then somebody comes to the training and then you say men have sex with men, and then somebody will tell you like, no, I won't be able to even assist that kind of a person when 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 they come to to to, to my clinic, you know. Other other people, you know, they just bluntly tells you in your face that like it's against my culture, it's against my 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 religion, it's against my belief. Anyway, you know. So if you have that kind of a person. So you, ge- you 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 genuinely know that like that person is going to refuse service to somebody who's an MSM, and then like what is the implication of that anyway? You know because like there are a whole range of implication. Somebody will go back home without being treated as gift was 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 earlier talking about like what's, and then like the opportunities for HIV infection passing on like those those words to other people and all those kind of things. So we try slowly, you know about linking uh what they're supposed to be doing in the health facility, which is providing care and with HIV, you know, but then you gradually then like move to key population. So we have got the whole range of key population that you can speak about. Example, uh, 
a commercial sex workers. We have what like prisoners, you know, within the context of HIV prevention. Yeah, so key populations yeah. are patients are, are, are populations that are most vulnerable to, to HIV uh, to, mm-hmm. to acquiring HIV because of their circumstances and and things exactly. like that. And then they also have they also have the opportunity to passing it on to other mm. people. So that is the, another key element that you need to look at. So when you make them understand that, you know, and then you bring in men who have sex with men because like. Uh, I think the, the, the general assumption is like when you say men who have sex with men, people tend to focus on gay people. Mm. They tend to forget that like you have the so-called, I will say so-called straight mm-hmm. identifying men mm-hmm. and then they'll go and have sex with other men, mm-hmm. you know? So that's where, uh, the danger lies that like people think like, oh, men who have sex with men is only gay. Gay, 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 gay men, you know? exactly. Mm. But then, like you have what, like people who who say like they're straight, but then they end up going having sex with other men, like the after nines and all these other terms mm. that like people use these days, you know. So once we establish that linkage, and make sure that like the healthcare workers understand that it's not about them, but mm-hmm. it's about the service that they're providing, because what we need to see, we need to see the rates of HIV infections going down in our country. Exactly. You know? And that, so is that is the, the bigger bottom picture. line. That yeah. is the bigger picture. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that you've brought up the topic of um, after nine and so on, because part of the confusion um, and part of my job on Twitter is to say to people, MSM is men who have sex with men, but that's a, that's an umbrella term. Yep. Underneath that term, you have men who are gay. Mm-hmm. You have men who are straight. Exactly. You have men who are bisexual, mm-hmm. and and people just can't grasp that. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I struggle. I mean, give, I don't know. Do you struggle to explain those concepts that you can be a straight man who has sex with men? Yeah, we do. So we because like, Anjani, like imagine we, I was an ignorant Cindy, and I'm like, hey, gift kidding, MSM. What's MSM? Like, how how do you explain this to people? Sometimes we it's 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 a bit uh, of a struggle to 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 let them understand what MSM means. But as as health for men, we try by all means to do workshops. Uh, we try to do some uh, edutainments events where we teach uh, people about where we n- let people know about MSM mm-hmm. and what MSM is. Um, we sometimes do uh, support groups. Uh, we find us going to may- maybe taverns, MSM friendly taverns to do workshops, explain to them what's MSM and let them understand what is MSM. Yeah. yeah. And I-, I think maybe yeah. coming in there, it's, it's also the issue of our, our, let me say our socialization as, as, as black people. Mm. The, you are brought up in the context where like you have the mother, the father, the uncle and the aunt, the grandpa and the grand mm-hmm. uh, mama, you know. Yeah. So we are all brought up in a context of good, like if you are a man, once you are identified as a man, it means that like you're going to be brought up, uh, in a certain way that like you are, you are also expected to have a girlfriend. Have a wife and have kids, and then like you, you know. Sometimes they say good like You know, mm. they, they you must carry on tell, the family name. Exactly, they literally tell you that anyway. You know, so within that context, then it's hard for people to understand that uh, there are people of different sexualities. Mm. You have a man, yes, by birth, uh, sexual identity is a man, uh, but then generally, no, the biological sex is a man, but what is their sexual identity? Mm. You know, he's bisexual. So what does that mean for that person if he's bisexual? It means like he's sexually attracted to both men and, and women. And, and women. Mm. So what will he do? Generally, he'll go out and pleases his family, satisfy the, the expectation, go and marry a woman. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay? Then we are happy. He's married. It's fine. Uh, but then what, what does he do in his secret life? Then he go and have sexual relations with men that he's also attracted to. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know. So then like if you have that kind of a man, generally then it means he's capable of having sex with men and women. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? If there's HIV infection, if there's STIs, it can spread both STIs and HIV within men and women population. And that is why they're a key population. We need to protect them and and promote HIV prevention. Exactly. Then you have people having trouble understanding with like, why do you have those kind of people? But then like, if you look back at it, it's all about our upbringing, the Mm. way we're socialized. We're sort of like, Stereotyped to believe with like indoor than on fans. We can't believe anything beyond that, anyway. You know. And I mean, and the insults, um, the insults. I promise you, on Twitter, I've seen it all. You'll have people asking, "Why would a guy go for another guy when he can get pussy?" Like, I, this is the stuff that I read. And you'll mm-hmm. you'll have people asking, "Okay, so if there's two guys, which one is the girl and which one is the boy?" I, and again, there's so much to understand. It does it it doesn't work like that, you know. And the obsession, of course, with anal sex. Everyone thinks that gay gay um, men or, or MSM, all they do is have anal sex. Anal again, sex, yeah. that's a misconception. <laughs> I mean, I think you guys can share more about that. It's not true. Um, yeah, it is. It is not true because of um, there are other different types of sex that uh, uh, one can have. It's not all about anal sex. Uh, we can have oral sex. When we, we partners, we can just do full play. I mean, it's, it's not all about, uh, people have this misconception that all gays love sex. Mm. And which is not true. I mean, if, if I am in a relationship with someone, I am looking for something. I'm not just looking to have sex with that, with that guy or maybe, you know, just have fun and just pass. No, we are, we are human beings also. And we, we also look, uh, for, 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 for different things. When, when you're in a relationship, you don't just look for sex or you just, you just go for money or material things. I also look for love. I also look for, for, for things that other people do. We, we, we are the same. I consider myself the same. Mm. Mm. And it's important to say that. And tell me about the taverns, Stubbs. I know that the taverns around Johannesburg that you guys have targeted, you deliver condoms. I see you brought us very nice health for men condoms mm-hmm. and lube. I know the black ones are very popular. I, I <laughs> tell people that these ones are called black mamba. <laughs> but there's pink and there's green and there's blue and there's everything. The taverns around Johannesburg, um, your work there, how did that start? I think gift can uh, speak more about it mm. because like that that is his his, his forte anyway. Yeah, yeah it's it's it started uh with uh it was David Mutsuhai uh and Tsepo back then. Mm. Oh but David and uh, <laughs> he's in a meeting. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they started they did this thing with Tavins. Uh they used to go out at evenings with his colleague Tsepo and to to, to to distribute information about uh health for men and MSM and all that. And they gave people referral cards mm. in taverns, different taverns where they 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 made people aware that there is MSM, that there there are people who enjoy having sex with other men. That's where this in, uh, initiative came along. In I think it was in two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten. Mm. Yeah. And so, um, like, like on a typical day, I know that the factory. Let's talk about the factory, right? Yeah. The, the factory. You 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 have a, obviously you have an understanding with the owner. And you go there and you distribute material. materials. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we do, we do go to the factory and distribute condoms and loops. Mm. So yeah. what is the factory with us? Um, the factory, it's a gay club. 
Uh, yeah, it's a gay club in Ellis Park. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. nice, interesting place, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and we also work at the uh, in Runbeck. There's another club uh, that we go to. It's called the Rec Room. We do HCT each and every Thursday, last Thursday of a or of every month. Okay, so you're there, um, doing HIV counselling and testing. Yes. Okay, and what's the uptake of your services in in the in the gay clubs? Um, some are, some are, are, are a bit skeptical because of. One would say, I'm just here to, 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 to relax and just drink booze. I'm not here to just, you know, take HIV. Why? Why should I have myself tested? You know, and that's where, that's where we come in uh, and say, you know what? We, we don't, we're not saying that, um, when we come here, we, we, we want to know your status, but we're just helping you to know where you stand with your HIV status. We're not forcing you to come and test, but if you feel that you need to know your status, which is very important and very vital for a person to know his, his or her status at this present moment. But anyway, the uptake some is somewhere somehow it's it's good. The response is good mm. because of some people would would say we're offering a great service and what we're doing it's nice because of some of some of the people won't even go to the health facilities to take an, an HIV test. Yeah, because of the, the the discrimination that you've spoken about. Exactly. And and the married population, the married men. Um, gifted stubs. Do you guys have anything to say about that? The, the people that we call the after nines, you know, what's happening in that population? Uh, I think it's it's basically because of like the pressure that you spoke about, and in terms of like and the, the expectations. Anyway, you know, you you have people who are expected to live in a certain way, but then Bona, the general prefer another way. Anyway, you know, so most of the guys then they'll find uh, free time. You know, within that schedule and go and interact with, 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 with people of the same sex because like those are the people that they, they really, really like, you know. And the thing is, uh, unfortunately, uh, these are the guys who they cannot necessarily come out easily in the community because of like different kind of reasons, you know. Uh, and you have, these are guys who are married, guys who have got kids, you know. Uh, some of these guys in most cases or in other instances, you'll find that like that even, hiding who they are really are they're not happy in the marriage you know they just simple pretend they might end up leaving you know without necessarily getting a pure straight divorce somebody leaves their wife and kids you know and go and stay with another man or stay alone so that like they can be satisfied to with who they are anyway you know so we need to go back and look at like why do we have uh people living like that the answer to that is because of the stigma and the discrimination that we sort of like enforce on them as society. Anyway, you know, we discriminate, discriminate against them a lot. You know, uh, we say negative things. We have what like negative attitude towards them, you know, so people then tend to look at themselves and say like, I rather live a secret life than coming out and mm-hmm. saying, and saying like, I'm, I'm, I'm bisexual or, um, I'm, I'm or uh, I'm gay anyway, mm-hmm. you know. And, and give them at the taverns that you guys work, let's say the one in Randbeck, for example, um, the married men that you come across there, do you ever get a chance to do any counseling? Cause I know that you are trained as a counselor. Yes. And what are the, what are the, like, what do they say? Are they ashamed? Are they, do they wish that things could be different? What, if someone is listening, if, if a, a man who's MSM is listening and he's married, what advice would you give him? Um, yes, some, some of them would say that, uh, um, well, what the stab said said uh, uh, it's it's all about family and community expectations. Um, you tend to 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 not uh, love 
what you have at the moment. But when you go outside, that's where you feel free and you feel that you can do anything with whoever that you want to. Um, my, what I would say to, to, to married men is do what you feel is right for you. Because of, at the end of the day, you are the one who has to be happy. Your family might, might, might expect this of you, might expect that of you. But at the end of the day, the person who has to be happy, it's you. So I, I would say just, you know, do whatever that, that, that makes you feel that it's right for you. Yeah. Hard as it may be, ne? Because, um, societal expectations and family expectations. Yeah, it's very hard. I really, really, you know. It's, 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 as you're saying, like, it's very hard. Like, just imagine a young girl, uh, they decide and say, like, when are you shut down? And there's somebody that you don't love. But you expect to go and get married to that person. Arranged marriages. Okay. Mm-hmm. So think about somebody whose sexuality is different from the entire population, so to say. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they've got different expectations. You know, some of the expectation might be, you are going to inherit this and this and this, but only when you are, you are married anyway, you know. And you uh, produce the first child. Or exactly. Whatever it is, you yeah. know, other people, it's like, hey, you need to take that chieftaincy role, you know, because like uh, your father was a, was a chief anyway, you know. So if you go down and start to interrogate these kind of things, then like generally you are going to find out like there might be many men who are not necessarily happy in their marriage because mm-hmm. of their sexuality, not because of the partner, but then because of their sexuality, because they're not allowed to express their sexuality, you know. Uh, other people, when they come out and disclose, uh, they get damaged with different kind of life, of, of, of reactions, you know. Gift, they said, would like, they accepted him, Gubo, it was fine, but then like in some other families, you know, would like you can really, really be disowned. Mm. You know, they cut mm-hmm. ties with you anyway, you know. So other people, they just like value that and say, good, like, I cannot lose my family, you know. But some other people, they say, good, like, it doesn't matter whether I'm accept or accept, then that's it, you know. Yeah. So, like, in other words, steps, are you saying that our African culture and traditions might need to be revised because they're outdated and come in, in line with, with modernity? I mean, my personal opinion is that. MSM is not something new. I, I, the, we, we keep talking about it as if it's something new. It's not. It's just now the focus because of the HIV issues around it. Exactly. But MSM has always yeah. been around. Mm-hmm. So is it our culture or our elders? Where is the problem? Uh, I think it's, it's, it has been our culture. The thing of like keeping secrets to, uh, from people anyway, you know, mm. I mean, like it, it, it has happened. In, in, in long, long time ago, you know, with like some other things that kept away from you, you know, let us maybe go back a few years ago, you know, with like once you have Ama twins, ne? one will be killed, you know, mm-hmm. but you ask with like, what are the reasons for that? You know, then people might have different kind of reasons. Some of the reasons like might not necessarily be genuine or valid reasons anyway, you know, even now elders, they would have known good, like men are having sex with each other, but they want to keep it a secret mm. and then they don't share with people anyway, you know. So once we start seeing or experiencing it, Tina, because like it's something that like is not known to have happened in our communities, so mm. to say, you know, and then like we tend to to sort of like uh go against it anyway, you know. So I think for me now, it's not necessarily about like revising our culture or whatever, but like it's just re- reflecting and living in reality to say good like this is how people are, you know, the same as like we have with like straight people, you know, we have with like gay people, we have with bisexual people, and this is how they live anyway, you know. So then like we need, we really, really need to say good, like let people be themselves mm. anyway, you know. We cannot 
have expectations about other people. Mm-hmm. You know, we cannot have expectations about other people. I think the saddest part is when you grow up and reach puberty, nobody comes to you and asks you, like, what sexuality are you? You know, then people then have expectations uh, about you because you are just simply a boy. You know, but they never asked you, like, uh, hey, uh, are you into boys or are you into girls or whatever? Anyway, you know, so all those kind of things. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, great. So, um, just one, just two comments. So Brad has just written us a message and he says that asking who's the man and who's the relationship, who's the woman in a gay relationship is like asking which chopstick is the fork. And, and I, I, you know, when I look at, when I, when I look at gay relationships, I'm always shocked at the assumptions that people make that the, the more camp, partner is the so-called woman in the relationship uh-huh. and the, the other partner is the guy. So just that alone makes me upset. When, I'm, when I speak to people about, about MSM uh-huh. and they ask me, so who's the guy and who's the girl? I'm just, I'm like, I'm done. I'm not even going to bother teaching you about MSM. Uh-huh. And that kind of assumption gift, like, how do you deal with that? Uh, what I would say is uh, what happens behind closed doors, it's, it's private. Absolutely, but people do behind closed doors. It's private. Uh, it's I, I, I would I would really say uh, for me and my partner, it's 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 for us to know who does what and who does what. Mm. You know, uh, I, I cannot really tell you that I'm bottomic or I'm versatile or I'm top. That, that that's really none. That's really it's none personal. Of your, like it, the it, same it, way, it no one's going to ask me, "Guti Cindy, where no marinas? What you guys do behind? <laughs> how did you make money?" That's none of anyone's business. Yeah, I mean, what as you said, what happens behind closed doors is private. Mm, I mean, that's how it should stay. Another message has come through from anonymous. An anonymous is asking, "Can someone please tell me exactly how a man has sex with a man? Enlighten me, please, guys." And But I'm, we're not even going to entertain this, this. This is what Gift have just said. With like people do different things. You know. You know what? What, what is I'll call good like it's sex for me might not necessarily be sexual intercourse. Exactly. For you, and you and steps. And yeah. the thing is, you're you're straight. You know, you're in a relationship. What you and your partner do, what you and your exactly. wife do, you 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 guys might be skanky. You might be wretched, and we're busy judging Gift and his partner. We don't even know what they do behind closed doors. Exactly. I mean, it comes like that obsession with what do these people do in bed? It's just. Mm. It's yeah. none of our business. And there are other uh, other heterosexual uh, relationships or uh, heterosexual men and heterosexual women who have anal sex. Exactly. But anyway, let's go for a song break. When we come back, I want to speak about what people can expect from a health women clinic visit. Okay. Oh man, I love that song. Goza Goose, great, great track. You can call us on 0861-555-189. You can tweet us at cliffcentral.com. And yeah, we're in studio with Gift and Stabs and we're busy speaking about MSM, men who have sex with men. So, okay, getting back to comments that, um, the, well, the message that, is, that came in before. How do men who have sex with men actually have sex? I think we're going to get very practical in the next, in the next, yeah, you know, in the next half hour because risk assessment, um, just like uh, judging how at risk you are, Acquiring or transmitting HIV Actually a lot of it is around The kind of sex that men are having So gift and stabs I mean I, I think I'll start off with gifts Let's just speak about top, bottom, versatile mm-hmm. Those kinds of issues Okay, okay 
Um, when they say that, let's say you you are you are top, it simply means that you are the one who's doing the fucking. Mm-hmm. And when they say that you bottom, mm-hmm. you are the receiver mm-hmm. from the top guy. Mm-hmm. And when we say versatile, versatile, you you you're doing both. Okay, you are the receiver and the giver. Okay, yeah. and in terms of, I, I know for HIV transmission, no, specifically speaking about HIV transmission, the bottom. Is at a higher risk oh. of acquiring HIV, right? That's a fact. I think that's a fact that yes, you know. And the and the and the top, the the person that's doing doing the sex is at a lower risk of acquiring HIV. And I think that's why um, it's important for things like lubricant to be used when you're having it's anal sex. Exactly. You know, and what can you not use as lubricant if you don't have lube? You have to make a plan of finding it, but you may not use certain things such as Vaseline. Dawn cooking oil, mayonnaise, mayonnaise. You know those kind of things. You you should not use. You should use something at least that it's water based, mm. water based loop. Or if you don't have a water based loop, you can just use a plain plain white yogurt. Mm. Because water based loop protects the condom as well. Exactly. I mean, this is we're talking about protected sex here. You cannot use. Any old loop with yeah, condoms because, because the condom will end up tearing. If uh, yeah, if you, you you keep on using the uh, you, you you smear the vaseline on top of the condom mm. or or around the anus or the vagina, the, the friction it 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 makes the condom to be dry mm. and the condom uh, ends up uh, breaking or bursting and that's where you become at risk of getting in a uh, infected with HIV or STIs. And any baby oil nope. Nope. Yeah, so that's you important. can't use that. So. It's either water-based lubricant. I mean, I know that you guys distribute them, yes. but you can go and buy KY jelly exactly. as or white yogurt, if a plain white plain yogurt, yogurt. If you yes. have nothing else, you've exhausted all your options. You've been to the BP garage. There's nothing there. You can use plain white yogurt. Okay. Exactly. The condoms that you distribute as part of the preve- HIV prevention and just you know in the taverns, those are special condoms, aren't they? They're a bit longer than usual, right? <laughs> I know there's, no, there's the, one the written large. Sizes. They yeah. were, you know, with large, you know, with extra large, mm, you know. Mm, I'm open about extra like, large. Uh, <laughs> 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 Look, basically, I've got like guys who have got excuses of not using condoms, yeah. anyway, you know, and then somebody says, with like, no, nah, this condom is too, too, too tight, too tight or yeah. too small for me. So just to accommodate them, anyway, you know. But then I think like what is also special about the condom is that that extra lube, anyway, you know, mm. ex- ex- extra dosage of lube, anyway, mm. within the condom to make them more, more sort of like, uh, what is the word? Maybe you can say like slippery, you mm-hmm. know, for, 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 for people can, sensational. Can, and sensational, obviously for people ca- so that they can enjoy them, anyway, you know. That's great. But then I think like maybe another addition in terms of like the HIV messaging, because like you, you, we are speaking about HIV. In mm. terms of HIV messaging, what is also key for people to understand is, if you don't have like daily takes, uh, condoms, which are predominantly male condoms, you can also use the female condoms for anal sex. Okay, so tell us you know? about that. So basically, uh, when you look at the female condom, it's got like two rings, you have got the inner ring and the outer ring. So mm. the outer ring is normally that, the one that's attached to the, to the body of the condom. Yes. So the inner ring is the one that normally comes out, you know, it's loose, mm. you know. So you remove that and then somebody who's going to penetrate another person, then mm. you wear it on your on 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 on, on your penis, you know, and okay. then you put extra extra lubrication, as you said. Then can be used. Okay, you know? well, I'm definitely gonna tweet that because that's a very good thing to know. Because sure. um, Lovers Plus now has what they call an inner condom, so it's okay. a fem- female condom, and I, I think now I understand why they called it the inner condom instead of mm-hmm. calling it the female condom, condom. because mm-hmm. you can use this condom for for um anal and, and for and vaginal, vaginal sex. sex. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So that is very very important for people to know. Yeah. yeah. 
So if, if someone was to come to a health for men clinic, where, first of all, where, do, where are your clinics situated? I know there's Zola, there's Yeovil, and that's there's Shawele, yeah. So those are the three clinics in Johannesburg. Exactly. Okay. If someone walks into a clinic and says, hi, I'd like an assessment, what can they expect? Um, firstly, you are going to speak to the person who's going to take down your details. Mm-hmm. How would you going to fill out a demographic form? Then from there, you, uh, you, you will await for the counselor to come and counsel you. Go to, 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 to a private room where you're going to uh, talk just the both of you, which is private and confidential. Mm. And then from maybe if you, you have, um, questions maybe about your, 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 your health concerning your anus, if maybe you have what's, as, as I've said, or maybe you have gonorrhea, or maybe you might feel that you have, uh, any kind of SCI or when, when I was talking to you inside, inside the counseling room, I can, uh, I just, uh, heard that maybe you have this kind of symptoms. That's where we, we, we take you from, from me. You go to, to our PHC nurse. That's where you're going to, 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 to see our PHC nurse, whereby he or she is going to, 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 to take, um, a full body. Uh, full body check at a checkup. Mm-hmm. She's going to take you, check you from head to toe. Okay. Yeah. And um I know that the history taking is so crucial it's because you guys crucial. have been trained in how to ask certain questions uh-huh. to get the right information. I mean, exactly. you can't be asking someone, so when I do you do anal sex or do you sleep with men? You know, that, that's just not the way to do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So the training around that like what what kind of questions do you ask? How do you make people comfortable enough to say this is what I'm doing, this is my life and so on? Uh I think that also goes into the training of the healthcare workers that we, we, we provide anyway, you know. Uh, when somebody comes and is a client and they sit in front of you, uh, let's say as assumption is a man, you see a man, mm-hmm. so you must not conclude that like they're having sex with women, you mm-hmm. know. So one of the, or some of the key questions that people got asked is, for example, when last did you have sex, you know. So the person will say like maybe three months ago, six months ago, whatever. But if the person says like six months ago, you need to ask like why six months ago? Then you need to establish you would like, is this person really, really at risk of being HIV positive? You know, the person might say good like, no, my wife is at home or my partner is at home, you know, which is like 500 kilometers away. Uh, last when they three months ago. So then you start assessing there is, that's why you start assessing the risk of. Of, of the person but if then the person says like i had sex like maybe last week you know mm, yeah. and then the next question is like who do you have sex with you know is it a man or a woman okay you need to ask you that question ask, then if you, if you don't ask you don't know and if you don't ask you don't know exactly and, and sometimes you find that people uh other men would just write uh undecided because of our our demographic has uh a question where they ask you about your sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. You know, so some other men would just write undecided. Okay. Because he's still finding out. Exactly. It's 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 very it's very important to uh, for a counselor or a healthcare worker where we, when going into the room with a client to check the demographics mm. because of somewhere somehow you might be missing important things or important things about the client. Mm. That's where you start probing of why why did you just write undecided what job? is there anything wrong or anything? Then the start the, the client will start say, uh, talking and feel feeling free to talk with you about anything that uh, that he wants to talk to you about. He will just tell you that you know what um. I'm this kind of a person, but I, I, I am not yet sure. I am attracted to other men, and at the same time, I am attracted to women. Mm. But uh, I didn't want to say that I, I am bisexual because of I am not yet sure of who I am. 
And we need to accommodate that. Exactly. I'll tell you an interesting experience that I had before I come back to you, Stubbs. Mm-hmm. So there's a day when Oscar, Dr. Oscar, wasn't at, at the clinic when the clinic was still at Bara. So I had to go and sit in. So obviously I didn't know what to expect. So it's 2009. I'd been told Cindy, please go to the Health for Men clinic and, and just sit in for Oscar. I walk in and I mean, I don't know what I was expecting, but I walked in and I just found, I, I think there were two guys there. There was an elderly gentleman. And they just look like your average guy off the streets, you know. Uh-huh. Two of those guys were taxi drivers, and they work barenka e para taxi rank. And and the reason I remember this is because when they came into the room, my, my first thought was like, nah, these guys just came in because you know there's a clinic across the the, the road from Paris taxi yeah. rank. And you get the history, you read the file. These men were men who have sex with men, and they were taxi drivers. Exactly. And that was such a great experience for me to open my eyes and to stop the assumptions. I mean, just early on in my in my career at at the place where I used to work uh-huh. And that helped me uh-huh. You can never Ever Judge a person Just by looking by at them looking, You know yeah. And I think you guys Have seen a lot in A lot of that In your in your careers You've seen Prison riders Taxi drivers Businessmen CEOs Anyone Exactly I mean like um, Your sexuality Is not defined by your by, appearance. By, by your appearance, exactly. you know, your sexuality is not divine, defined by, by, by your profession or mm. your social uh, standing, standing, anyway, exactly. you know. So you don't need to judge, anyway, you know. I think, like, also one one mistake that people make it's they also look at, at the, what we call like uh, if a man is feminine and then they say, good, like, I ah, that, that one is, mm. a, is, is exactly. a female partner, you know. Mm. And then if a guy comes in and then uh, they say, good, like, ah, this is masculine and then mama cells and all those kind of things. And then when you say good like that guy is gay, they tend not to believe you. Mm. To say good like such a huge guy who's masculine, whatever. Why am I gay? Or why does he have sex with other men? Because that's that's what people believe in, you know. But then like maybe going on going back to to, to the clinics, the mm. the three clinics that we have in Soweto, we call them cent- centers of excellence because like mm. that's where you you get. Sort of like a full complement of, 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 of services for, 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 for men, as, as Gift has uh, alluded to some of the issues. But some of the services that we provide, you know, it will be uh, generally uh, HCT. Mm-hmm. The, the, the HIV counseling and testing. HIV right. counseling and testing. Then you'll have your STI screening and management, which mm-hmm. is very, very important, you know. Then you have uh, things like CD4 monitoring for those who are HIV positive, mm-hmm. you know. And then you have, uh, we initiate clients on, on, on ARVs. Mm-hmm. Some of the clients come without knowing their status and then they discover that they're HIV positive. And then obviously we'll check the CD4 count and then like we'll initiate them on ARVs, you know. And then we give general men's health anyway, you know. Because of where we are, uh, guys around the communities knows what like you have what like a men's clinic Ezola, or a men's clinic Ayovil, you know so some other guys even if with other ailment not necessarily sexually related you know a guy comes and says well, they have got this kind of a problem so we also attend to That's those anyway, we don't we don't necessarily discriminate anyway you know uh i think also the biggest thing is the provision of condoms and loops you know yeah. where with the high high intake of like condoms and loops you know in in our facilities so those are the what you call like centers of, of excellence mm. you know but then also those that that's it within Gauteng. Then you look at other provinces, like for example in the Popo, uh, we have what presence in in Insanin, mm. uh, we have what like what we call a regional leadership site. We are trying to build up a center of excellence. That you know? must be difficult, Stubbs. <laughs> Limpopo. It's, it's 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 as difficult as in like as in Jose sometimes, you know. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but right. then like yeah, uh, fine, it all yeah. depends on the people it, and it what their depends. understanding is. Yeah. So, but like you find people who are. 
generally can I say more traditional mm. in their approach and taking of things in, in, in Limpopo than like in Josie, you know. Josie's more cosmopolitan, it's urban obviously mixed uh, cultures, whatever. But in Limpopo then like you're going to find maybe a, a, a specific uh, ethnic group, you know. For uh-huh. example, you get like the Tonga speaking people, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh culturally a uh, deep deep rooted, you know, then it's hard to break stereotypes which have English, you know, but then we have a clinic there that side that we think like is going to help in terms of like breaking the stereotypes because we've got another team of outreach workers mm-hmm. which are placed there and then they do the community mobilization. They go to the community, they speak to the community about like men who have sex with men. They have wonderful events where they encourage men who have sex with men to participate. You know, they've got the netball tournament, yeah, and, was, and, and all I'm, those I kind was of about things. to bring yeah. that up, Uguti. Yeah. Um, and 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 so this podcast, as I said, can be downloaded for people to hear. And I am so glad that we do this the, the way that we do it because information is shared much wider in, in, in you know in, on a platform like this. Mm-hmm. Men who have sex with men is across the board, across yep. provinces, across tribes, right? Yep. And I know that a lot of people like saying stuff like, "No man, I'm a Zulu. I never babe MSM or I'm a Tonga or whatever mm-hmm. it is." No, you can go anyway. Give, tell yeah, us about the, the netball tournament, Kumpumalanga. What about you had a, a fashion pageant? We know where was the fashion pageant? Uh, we had a so you think you're a diva event uh, in it's simply blue here in Joburg. Yeah, and we had one in Legstop. Exactly, and the turnout was it amazing. It was very good. Yeah. Straight uh, heterosexual people attended. Uh, it was it, it it was much of letting people know that these can they they are MSM in the country and this is yeah and this is how they are and this is how they behave and this is what they do. So when you you're one of the netball. People, now you're very good. Yes, Doctor Cindy, <laughs> you're very good. I know you. I know. I don't like. I know you don't do much of the diva, the the, the, the fashion patterns, but yeah. you're definitely very, very good at, at netball. Exactly. And 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 steps in terms of let's go going back to Zanin. Uh-huh. When you do meet with the elders and you do meet with the chiefs, I mean, I know that you guys had a hard time getting in there, but now yeah. you're in, right? What are the questions that they ask you? What are the, like really genuine questions? What do they say? I mean, like so, some of the genuine question is like, uh, do you think we have those kind of people in our community? Mm. That's, that's, that's a genuine question. Somebody asking would like, no, nah, I've never seen a man who's having sex with another man. Do we have them in our community? You know? So it's very, very unfortunate in a sense. So good, like, it can be somebody that seated with, they don't know good, like is having sex with, 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 with another man because like people, they don't go out and say good, like, hey, I had, I have sex with another and, uh, man. And you're not, you it's know? not written on your forehead either. Mm-hmm. You know, other, other gatekeepers, then they'll tell you good, like, ah, no, your program, you know what, it will never work here because like you'll never find those people anyway, you know. And then when you go to service provision uh, in terms of healthcare workers, they say good, like, no, we don't see them, you know. But then like in some other facilities, then they'll tell you good, like, no, we know one or two. We generally come. Those are gay people who are out, mm. you know, who's, who are known in the community. Anyway, you know. But then once you start teaching the healthcare workers about sexual history taking, you know, and things that they need to look for, you know, then that's where they start identifying a lot and a lot of like men have sex with men, mm. you know. And then when you go back and you look at their stats to see, because like after training them, we have what you call mentoring. Mm-hmm. We have what like nest mentors will go back and check and assist wherever they're, they're sort of like battling and check whether they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then you ask them like, uh, how many men who have sex with men have you seen uh, before training? Likely are going to get zero. 
But then after training, you go back and say, like, how many men you have sex with men that you have seen in your consultation room after the training? Then you get five, six, you know, exactly. because of the kind of question that they're asking. And then now they're digging. If deeper, you don't deeper. ask, you won't. Exactly. Know. You know. Well, you know, time is running out. I have a question. If I was the Minister of Health, <laughs> gifts, what would you want me to change about the current situation in our health facilities? Oof. That's a difficult one, Dr. Cindy. Um, Doesn't anyone I would just, I would make just, a difference? Like I would just say, you sh- you should change uh, what, what, like the mindset of 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 health workers and their thinking. You know, um, it would be it would be great if health workers are not ignorant of small little things. Okay, so the training, the training mm, must start early and exactly. steps. Yeah, I think like uh, anyone would give to saying would like look. Um, we need to have like sex and sexuality curriculum within the nursing curriculum. That needs to be included, okay. you know, because like it's it's very sad to okay because of stereotypes mm. to find a medical doctor who's clueless about sex and sexuality, mm. you know, and then you get surprised with like Gandhi, this person, all these years, you know, mm. what were they doing anyway, you know? Mm. So I think that needs to be compulsory to say like let us have sex and sexuality, um, uh, sort of like curriculum within the health. Uh, as a training setup, mm. you know, because then that helps to alleviate, alleviate the attitudes, mm. you know, and like all, all, all these like stereotypes at the training level. So once they, then, then they get to the institution, then we need to have like support system, you know, we need to understand that people have what like burnout, but we need to make sure good, like they get proper mentoring, they get proper mm. support, and then they get proper debriefing anyway, you know. And then, like, I think we'll be having... Uh, yeah, and our work uh, will be done. Then at least we'll know that we've got a society or exactly. a, a population of health workers who are fully, who are able to deal with anyone that they come across. Exactly. No, but yeah, thank you sure. so much, guys, for being here. I think I'm going to have you on again uh, in the second half of the year just to get feedback on how your program in Zanin is going and just other things that are happening within Health for Men. Yeah. And um, if you're listening, you can um, reach Health for Men at www.healthformen, H-E-A-L-T-H-4, um, the, 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 the numeral for menmen.co.za. But it'll all, I'll, I'll tweet it and it'll be up, um, on the Cliff Central site. Thank you so much, guys. And I look forward to seeing you guys again in the later half of the year.